Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, episode number 14. I'm your host, Heather, and today we are talking about facing fears. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast, where you'll find the tools to level up your business, your mindset, and your life. Please pass me a seatbelt. So way back when I was trying to figure out why clients were having such a hard time especially with video work, but really in a lot of different areas of marketing, it turned out most of those issues were actually fear-based. They weren't content-based. They weren't even procrastination-based, really, except for the kind of procrastination that is rooted in fear. Then I started looking at myself and my life and all of my bad decisions, which I will tell you there have been many, 99% of them based on fear. I seem to kind of swing between fear of failure and fear of success and fear of failure and fear of success and fear of being seen and fear of being ignored. (laughs) It's like there's no happy medium where like everything's good and I'm fearless. So the whole do it scared movement started a little while ago and I'm like, oh yes, this is a movement that I can get on board with. So I started thinking about how do I help people get over their fear, when most people will tell me they don't identify as as having fears, especially men, but definitely women too, they don't see themselves as experiencing fear. Therefore, they will live their entire lives without ever getting to move beyond it. So this isn't necessarily about confronting and getting over your fears, but it is about identifying when you are sort of in that moment? And then what are a couple of completely non-therapeutic, but just super helpful life skills? When you've identified a moment of fear, it's kind of like, okay, now what? So those are the two things we're trying to try to get to. We're going to try to get to in the run of today's episode. Can you tell I'm a little nervous talking about fear? Like even the word gets me kind of wound up. It's so weird, so weird, but very cool. So as I said, the very first step to facing your fear is identifying it. If you look at your behaviors rather than your words, especially look at the behaviors um, where you didn't keep your word to yourself or you didn't keep your word to somebody else or you didn't do something that mattered or often you get to the end of the day and you're exhausted, but you don't know why, usually those things are all indicators that you were afraid of something. Fear is ridiculously exhausting. Like it really is. It'll drain you faster than a marathon. And you won't have done anything at the end. You won't get to brag like, hey, yeah, I just completed 18 hours of paralyzing fear. Yeah, nobody's cheering for that. You need to look at What is stopping you? And when you start writing it down and sort of take yourself out of it, I know I talk about removing emotion a lot because a lot of this stuff is really, really emotionally charged. And a lot of it, we have judgments around and we feel that people who experience fear are weak. They are not. They are brave because they are experiencing fear and still doing the thing. If you don't have any fear, you don't have a chance for courage. I'm not afraid of... Walking upstairs 
it doesn't take me any energy to walk upstairs. But true fact, true confession, I am still scared of escalators. I'm getting better. I I am. However, I get a pit in my stomach when I step on an escalator that I'm not going to make it off alive. Or technically in my mind, I'm not going to make it off at all. It's going to suck me in there into the internal machinery. And I'm, yeah, I don't even know where it came from, but I I kind of sort of do. But it's just funny that now I notice the difference of emotional feeling stairs versus escalator. And even in airports, I will sometimes take the stairs and then my legs will be so mad at me at the end. So the second thing after you identify it and you don't judge it, you're like, okay, this is a thing. My mind has a fear. You put it in like a little box and you can look at it. The next thing about it is find someone you trust and share the fear. You have no idea. That fear of escalators, I did not tell anybody for years. I just was extremely inconvenienced or didn't go do things or go places. Like I avoided them like the plague and I never told anyone because I knew how silly it was. As soon as I had to like navigate airports with very little time to make my connecting flight and I'm like, well, I don't have an option. I said out loud that I was afraid of escalators and I had like 30 people go, oh my gosh, me too. People that I really respect and like. And all of a sudden the fear lost its power. Yes, I can still be scared. Yes, I can still do it anyway. It doesn't have power over me anymore because it's out in the open. It's in the light. Fear like shame loses a lot when exposed to sunlight and openness. It absolutely loves and thrives darkness and privacy. And the more you do it and the more you you sort of develop this shame cycle around fear, that is a double whammy from which it is very, very difficult to escape on your own. And you can stop both things by just saying, hey, my name is so-and-so and I am afraid of whatever it is you're afraid of. Believe me when I tell you the person you're saying it to has dumber fears than you're admitting to. And you probably have dumber fears than you're admitting to because there's still some that we still don't share. And that's okay. We just have to get used to the process so it becomes easier. When you are in a fear moment, the first thing I would love for you to do is figure out where you're feeling it. Where does fear get you? Everybody's a little bit different. Some people say they feel fear in their chest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that I would hate that. It would feel like a heart attack or like I can't breathe. I feel fear right in my belly. It's, it's for me, it's a belly thing. It's not, a, it's not in my head. It's not in my lower back. It's in my belly. So I can look at that and go, okay, My body is having a reaction. What am I reacting to? And I can make it much more clinical. And again, that takes away the power of the fear. And then I can go, you know what? My body reacts the exact same way. Physiologically, I have the same reaction to fear as I do to excitement. So if I'm about to go do a presentation and it's in front of a bunch of people I don't know, or it's a topic I haven't really done in depth to the point that I'm not afraid anymore, which is, I mean, I spend most of my life scared and doing it anyway. This podcast, scared, doing it anyway. 
when that happens, I will tell myself, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to do this. I'm so excited to do this. I'm so excited to do this. And my body goes, oh, sorry. My mind goes, oh, you're excited. So that's what my body is feeling. Okay, good. I get to tell my mind what my body is experiencing. And you know what? Sounds dumb. You'll feel dumb doing it. And it works. It works almost every time. It doesn't work when you're waiting for like scary news or like there are certain times that like, no, you're just scared. But it does work for all of those nerve related things. When you're walking in to do a big pitch and you really can't screw it up. When you're going into a client, when you're heading into any sort of conflict and you're just basing that conflict in fear. When you're trying to decide whether to get up in the morning because everything is scary and too much. Telling yourself you're excited will give you that little tiny boost that you need to launch yourself out of bed. Does this work every time? I wish it did, but no, but it works enough. And the more it works, the more habitual it becomes, which means it starts working on its own. My body now automatically goes belly pain like that. Hmm. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Do I believe it? I don't even know yet, but I know it works. When that doesn't work, my next thing to do is to get very, very quiet. I am going to breathe. I'm going to use a breathing technique that works for me, works on a 13-year-old. I don't know if it would work on everybody, but honest to goodness, does it hurt to try? Breathe in for four seconds. You inhale. They were there was like breathe in through your nose. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes I'm stuffed up. Leave me alone. I don't care how you breathe. Fill up your lungs and push your belly out with a deep breath and take four seconds to do it. Then hold your breath for four seconds and then breathe out for eight seconds until there's just nothing left. And then breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out for eight seconds and do this for a couple of minutes. It does a lot of things to you physiologically, which are all fantastic. It will lower your cortisol levels. It will lower your adrenaline levels. It will lower your, um, your, your actual physical body tension will start to release a little bit. And you'll be able to see the entire picture from a slightly different perspective, from a slightly calmer perspective than you were just in. You may decide at that point that, nope, this is not for me, and that's okay. That can be where you stop. But what I don't want you to do is getting caught in that cycle of fear leads to failure, fear leads to failure, fear leads to failure, because it's really hard, just like the fear-shame cycle, fear-failure cycle is really hard to break. And every time you give in to fear, you teach yourself that you are a person who gives in to fear. I want you to teach yourself that you are a person who is brave and only brave people feel fear. And that is incredibly important. The next really big thing to do, if you have a chance to get some exercise, there is a huge body of scientific study on the mind body connection. And one of the big things is exercise 
gives us endorphins. Endorphins makes us feel good. I feel like I'm quoting um, Legally Blonde because endorphins make us happy. Happy people just don't kill their husbands. Only people who know that movie and love it as much as I do will get that quote. But it's true. Exercise does help you release endorphins, which are both painkillers and stress reducers. They help you fight it off. So do a little bit of exercise, even if it's like 10 squats by your desk or five burpees or a quick little yoga routine from YouTube or whatever it happens to be, move your body in a way that feels good and do it for a little bit longer than you want to get your blood or your heart rate up for, you know, five minutes And then look back at the situation you were in, having taken a brain and body break and see, okay, can I look at this from a new perspective? The next one, again, it's it's sort of like a brain-mind connection, but you need to watch your words. If you tell yourself, I'm a person who's afraid of escalators. Gosh, that sounds silly to say out loud. But it was such a real fear. And it's still one that I'm like, kind of mostly over. You have to tell yourself, I am a person who was afraid of escalators, but now I'm going to try. Or I'm a person who tries escalators. Or if you are afraid of something like clowns or something like that, you do not have to put yourself through immersion therapy, but you can say, you know, there are things about clowns I dislike. Dislike is a very powerful feeling where fear is an out of control feeling. Take back the power and say, I dislike clowns. Not I'm afraid of clowns. I dislike them. If you're still in that moment of being stuck, do you know what the best cure for fear is that I have found? And this again is backed up by a whole bunch of science. Laughter. Fear really struggles around laughter. It struggles around play because usually our fears, like we still have the same brain systems we had when we were constantly under physical threat and we're not constantly under physical threat anymore. So now our brains are like, well, we have this instinct to be afraid. So, well, let's find something to be afraid of. So now we're like afraid of each other, which is just bizarre. We never were before because there were actual real things to fear. So usually our fears are not about life and limb. If they are, none of this applies. If you are dealing with a life and limb true fear, literally none of this is applicable to you. You need to get yourself safe. That's it. That is your only priority. If you are safe and you're still experiencing fear, then go through all of these steps do something fun. Listen to like, for me, it's like early nineties, silly rap. Like I love nineties music. I, the sillier, the better, the stuff that was like a one hit wonder that I really couldn't stand in 1993. Now I'm like, Oh yeah, this is fun. And it's really hard to be scared and happy at the same time. And happiness wins. If you find yourself generally, like almost all the time, almost daily feeling fear, you've probably taught yourself that you are not strong enough, not good enough, and you can't be trusted. The best way 
to combat that kind of fear, like the fear that you are, the, the statement, I am not enough is a statement of fear. It's not even a statement of judgment. It's a statement of, I'm afraid I'm not the person that I need to be because I've proven to myself enough times in my own head, I've broken my own promises enough times that I'm not good enough. Look at them. They're better. They're great. They're whatever. I'm just, I'm just me. If you can set yourself small challenges, small habits, make a list of things you've never done before. Make a list of things that brave people do. And then very, very slowly and safely start tackling the list and start with the easy stuff first. Build on your sense of trusting yourself. Because once you get into a good relationship with you, by going through actual things, you're going to put yourself through some stuff. If brave people join Toastmasters, then you are going to join Toastmasters because that's what brave people do. And now you're a brave person. Brave people show up to the meetings they're really scared of. Brave people don't yell when they're in conflict. Brave people forgive themselves and others. And all of these things, make a list of what brave people do and then start living by that list. So to go back and kind of wrap it all up, the first step, you have to identify it. So many people don't realize they are living in a constant, constant state of fear. Then share them. Once you've figured out what you're afraid of, what's giving you that ick feeling, tell somebody. Do some meditation. Get really, really quiet with yourself. Go through your breathing exercise, what everyone, whatever, whichever one works for you. I do the four, four, eight. Breathe in for four. Hold for four. Breathe out for eight. It works for me. But you, there's a million and one options out there. Get some exercise. Even five minutes of an increased heart rate will do you good. Watch your words. Watch what you tell yourself all day because that you are in charge of. You can catch yourself and train yourself to say, no, I'm not afraid. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Or I am capable. I am capable. I am capable. Whatever it is, it's kind of like affirmations, but you're making the negative ones in your head anyway. So you are choosing what you were going to say to yourself internally. Have some laughter on tap. Play some silly music. Watch a comedian. All kinds of things. It's so hard to be scared and laughing at the same time. Let laughter win. And then at the very end, make a list of everything brave people do, everything you've ever wanted to do, and then figure out little tiny baby steps to get there. I'm not saying you should sign up for a marathon if that's what brave people do for you. If you have never run 5K, that's a terrible, terrible idea. And you're setting yourself up for failure, but you can decide that you're going to run for three minutes today and just three minutes. And tomorrow it might be three minutes again. And then the next day, four minutes and then four minutes again. And then the next day, five minutes. This is how you make those deals with yourself. Proving to yourself that you are somebody who is strong, who can be trusted and who knows their boundaries that is the first step to either living without fear or what I much prefer, living with fear pretty happily and doing it scared.
Up next, we are going to be talking about where to be on social media. Do you have to have an account absolutely everywhere if you are nowhere? Is it important? Is there an important order to go in? Should you join Instagram first or LinkedIn first or Facebook first? It all kind of depends. We will talk about that on the next episode. If you liked what you heard today, even though it was all about fear, please let us know. Hit subscribe, leave us a review, and if you want to get in touch to see how we can help you, you can find us at hala.agency and online everywhere as Hala Connected. Until next time, kick ass and do it scared. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Now put down your phone and start kicking ass.